Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Perspectives on the Short Story podcast from FSU Panama City. I'm Michael, joined here by my wonderful co-host, Tiffany. Hi, everyone. I'm Tiffany. In this podcast episode, we'll be sharing our thoughts about recent short stories we've both written and asking each other a series of questions about the process involved. So without further ado, allow us to introduce each story. So, Tiffany's story, Broken Promises, is one of heartbreak and sorrow, of life and loss. It represents the toll war and separation can have on a family. There are always people left behind. Reunions are not always the joy-filled embraces they are commonly depicted as. In Michael's story, Ponzo and Ping Ping is one of brotherly love and the sacrifices that come with it. His story follows two brothers who are having fun with their life, trying to make the most out of what they have. However, it also shows that when you don't have a lot, sometimes you have to make some choices that benefit those you care about over yourself. All right. Thank you for that wonderful intro. So let's get started with the interview. So I will start off by asking the question. Tiffany will ask me the same question. We'll just go back and forth. Okay. So for our first question, uh, why did you write this story? Why did you write Broken Promises? Um, well, I chose to write it um, based off the story of my great-grandmother and her older brother um, with a lot of uh, creative writing um, to fill in the gaps. Um, but I wanted to really like show that, especially during World War II, like, it was not pretty. Families during that time were not pretty at all. Um, especially with nowadays, um, you see mostly the the happy reunions of military families being reunited after long periods of war or after basic training, and it's never really depicted the uglier side of that. So yeah, that's why I wrote it. Michael, why did you write your story? Right, so Ponzo and Ping Ping, I really just wanted to make a, a nice heartwarming story. I just wanted to make something that would make the reader smile. Um, just wanted something that was just nice and very down to earth, a very simple kind of story that could sound, you know, like somebody's just telling you it, you know, from like the past month or something. Just something that would just put a smile on your face. I just wanted to make a nice, simple story, really. Um, what I thought is some of like the best of humanity's traits, you know, just putting others ahead of ourselves and, um, you know, just putting family first, really. I think that's just a, like a lovely trait that I just wanted to communicate with the story. Well, you did a really good job with it. It was really happy. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. So where did you get the idea? So I got the idea and Tiffany will have a pretty similar answer as this was for the same assignment, but I got the idea from interviewing my mother. And uh, for those of you who don't know, which unless you know me personally, you probably don't know, but my mom is an immigrant from the Philippines and she spent pretty much all of her childhood, all of her adolescence growing up there. And it was not easy. Uh, she basically lived in like a one room house with no AC. Uh, you know, her mom and dad spent long hours working for very little pay. They ate a lot of rice and fish, which is good. But it's also like often what the like the only thing they could really afford or have. Um, you know, she didn't really have access to a lot of the things that we kind of take for granted, like, you know, consistent medical or dental care. She's had to deal with like cavities and stuff. 
But, um, you know, despite all the hardships her family faced and really a lot of Filipino families in uh, Luzon where she lived, uh, you know, a lot of them found just happiness in really simple things and just like each other and family, um, which I thought was just really powerful uh, because it just shows that like, you know, wealth doesn't matter when it comes to those the simple values of just family and love and caring for one another. And I really, I got that when she told me her story and I, I wanted to like communicate what that might look like in just a story of two brothers. Hmm. Of course, I have to ask you the same question. Where, um, where did you get the idea for your story? Um, so very, well, not really similarly, but kind of similarly. My great grandmother was um, the daughter of Czechoslovakian immigrants. And so we already had family that was already over here. Um, but my great-grandmother never knew her father. She only knew her mother. And so her mother was a terrible person, never around, never home. And so the character in my story, Anne, is supposed to be representative of my great-grandmother. And the older brother, James, um, is supposed to be representative of her older brother that joined the join the military because he wanted better for them he wanted to just give back to the country that kind of saved them so yeah kind okay of where I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to our third question um, are there any writers any stories movies tv series that influenced uh, any of your story and if so how i i don't really think so probably subconsciously but not any like actively influencing it um how about you right so i kind of drew upon my own experience of visiting the philippines visiting my cousins from a couple of years ago more than a couple i mean it's been a while but um you know it was just like dirt road and it was like a, a basketball hoop in the middle of the street and you know the the ball wouldn't really bounce on the dirt road there was, yeah. you know, ping pong was huge. There was a ping pong tournament, like, happening at the foot of the mall we went to. Uh, the house didn't have any AC. It just, like, the vibe that I kind of used for Ponso and Ping Ping, I really based on the interactions I had with my cousins, you know, at the time, who were very much, like, kind of rambunctious, you know, like any sort of other young boys you might find, really, in any part yeah. of the world. Uh, and they also were into bagged fan like orange fanta that was that was a big thing in that neighborhood was having access to you know orange fanta in plastic bags it was really popular uh interesting and i remember seeing like the discarded bottles of like fanta you know by the side of the house and they would like just sell it out front and um that's kind of where i got the idea to do you know a story about two brothers you know getting involved with some bagged fanta and it just it really like reflected that experience that I had. Um, and I combined that of course with what I had learned from my mother. So yeah. And apart from like that, I, as far as like any media influences go again, I would probably agree with you. There's probably like subconscious influence, uh, but I, I couldn't list anything like specifically that influenced me. Okay. Um, so what were you hoping to achieve with the story? I think you kind of touched on that a little bit early. <laughs> yeah, Did pretty you, much. I mean, right I really, I just want to entertain, you know, my reader. I just want to put a smile on someone's face with a story. I, I just want to make a story that just makes someone feel good inside when they're reading it. Uh, 
And, but, you know, also just to kind of give readers just a reminder of like, you know, what is really important in your life. Uh, and I think, you know, Ponzo and Ping being, they kind of realize, you know, as brothers, they got to stick together, you know, their family. So yeah, that's, I think that's pretty much what I was hoping to achieve with the story. So I think you did a really good job of achieving that. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> and of course I have to ask you the question. So what were you hoping to achieve with Broken Promises? Um, I guess I just really wanted to tell the tragedy because I, I typically write very, um, happier things i want um stories that to write stories that depict that life isn't always the the happy-go-lucky thing that's typically portrayed i want to touch on the things that most people wouldn't touch with a 10-foot foot pole because i think that writing definitely needs to be a way to like teach you like life isn't perfect it needs to be representative of that basically yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think I think we need to touch on those, you know, those dirty corners, those kind of dusty bits, you know, the underbelly that kind of hard to deal with, but you know, is so important for revealing a lot about ourselves. And I think you uh, you really did that in your story. Just again, like that, you know, not every time a soldier comes home is it always like are are they welcomed, you know, with open arms and. And some yeah. stories have done that through depictions of like PTSD, uh, of course, but, um, yeah. you know, that's typically with like a soldier who seems kind of alone and this soldier clearly has a family and that's, yeah. I think what makes it very interesting. Mm -hmm. So for the next question, uh, um, we have, uh, what did you want your readers to understand after reading the story? Um, kind of just reiterating like that life isn't perfect just because you have good intentions when doing something like that doesn't mean everyone's going to perceive what you do as good that's kind of what i wanted to like the kind of moral that i wanted to leave my readers with is that just perceptions are different especially like with age and like different experiences so yeah what did you want your readers to understand after reading your story Right. And just like you said, you kind of touched on it earlier, I think. I, I sort of outlined already, but I'll yeah. just reiterate. Um, yeah, it's I'm really just a story emphasizing the importance of like family, of sacrifice, of, you know, putting others ahead of yourself and, you know, seeing what really matters in life. You know, it's not always that you want to have like the nice snacks that you've been looking forward to. It's not always that like, you know, you can enter that nice ping pong tournament that Let's be honest, I don't think Ponso is really, I don't think he was going to place that well in the ping pong tournament yeah. against the, the other, like, you know, kids that probably have had more professional training. Sure, he would have had fun. But, um, you know, it sometimes it is just about being able to see, you know, what's going on with your friends, your family, seeing what might be troubling them. Because it's, it's, it's hard to sometimes see outside of our own viewpoint. Um, yeah. And it's important to be aware of those around us. It's important to try and understand the hardships that others are experiencing, because I think that that helps reinforce that sense of community, that sense of togetherness, that sense of unity that is so important when it comes to just communities and families and friends. Um, and I think that's what like Ponzo and Ping Ping, that's really the main, the core of the story that I want people to understand after reading it. Definitely. Um, 
So what did what did your writing process look like and what does it typically look like? So for this one, it was a little bit different because I had the interview that we did with our, our loved one, our relative to go off of. So it was definitely a departure from what I've normally done, which is I make maybe like bullet points and then I'll just kind of write and feel it out as I go. Uh, this time I really couldn't do that. I, I actually wrote basically like a plot summary of the story first to make sure that I was really hitting every beat that I wanted to. And I really took time to like plan it beforehand. And then I, I really tried to like follow that plan that I, I gave. So it was actually a lot more organized than I typically write stories. Um, and it was a nice process. I mean, it, it was less stressful knowing like the direction I really wanted my story to go in all the time, except instead of usually it's like, I, I know where the ending is, but you know, there's a bunch of gaps. It's like this time I, I know all these major milestones, all of these major things I want to hit. And then I, I'm just, I can let my imagination fill in the gaps um, and not have to work overtime to come up with things. So yeah, it was, it was a good, you know, kind of a newer process for me, but I, I enjoyed it. So of course, I'm going to ask the same question to you. Uh, what was this writing process like for you? Um, so I've always been kind of a, or try to be um, more of a plotter than a pantser. Um, so I had my typical outline of like all the major story points I need to hit. Um, so it kind of follows the formula that Dr. Stevenson was talking about in class. Um, right. I, I start with that and I kind of fill in like key de details in the middle that I need to hit. Um, so I kind of just started there and then I just started at the beginning, worked for a little bit on my opening line and then just went from there. Just kind of had the puzzle pieces, just had to shove them together somehow. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, and that's about what it typically looks like is just trying to figure out how those pieces fit together. Cool. Um, yeah. I, I definitely agree with the, the sentiment that it's, it's a lot like putting puzzle pieces together for sure. It, it's like, you kind of know like deep down how it's supposed to go together, but it, it always takes a little while to figure it out. It's like you have the, the picture on the, the puzzle box, you know what it's supposed to look like, but your, your puzzle pieces just don't look like the picture. Yep. Yeah. Perfect <laughs> analogy. Yeah. Um, so you said it was a little bit different than you normally do your writing process. So how long did it take you to write it? Um, so this one took me, I would say, roughly like three or four hours, maybe. Uh, probably closer to like six. Um, I wrote it over the course of two days. And uh, I just kind of sat down and and just wrote. I, I didn't take too much pauses. I mean, that's that's kind of how I always write. Um, like the actual writing itself is is very similar to how I've always done it, where I just I sit down, I just churn out, you know, a thousand, you know, fifteen hundred, whatever amount I feel like I got in me that time, like time of day. I just churn out those words, get them on the paper, I read them back, and I'm like, okay, where am I? Then I continue. So I, I basically just did like a one roughly four hour writing session, and then I just finished it off uh, the next day around the same time, like two hours or so. So yeah, um, how was that process for you? How long did it take you? Um, so the first draft took me about two or three hours, um, but it was the revisions that, that came after that like really just 
took me probably like anywhere from 12 to 16 hours. Like I've been just been like sitting on it and like, it's not even editing. It's just completely like taking the same idea and just like scrapping what I had and then basically starting anew. So that, that was kind of the, the bulk of how long it took me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I would say the revision for me was actually a lot faster because I was basically just writing, rewriting the same story just from a different point of view. And once I started really like getting into the character of um, Ping Ping, I was like, okay, I know what he's thinking at this moment. This yeah. is like, this is how he sees it versus how Ponzo sees it. And because I have how Ponzo sees it, I can contrast that really nicely off of like the way Ping Ping views things. And it was actually a really enjoyable experience for me. Probably only took maybe a total of like three hours the second time. Um, yeah. And actually ended up being a little bit longer, funnily enough. So, wow. yeah. What did you learn while you were writing this story? Um, I think what I learned is that it can actually be very fun to write children. Um, I had kind of avoided it for the longest time in my writing because I, I just, whenever I had written like as a child, it was always like, I'm going to write like, you know, this guy that's like 25 or something. I'm going to write somebody who's like a big grown up adult who has everything figured out. Um, and even now it's like most of the characters I write are adults, um, I haven't mm. even written like a teenager. So writing a kid was something that was very new to me. Yeah. And it was a really nice experience. Um, and I, I guess I just learned that like, you know, it can be very valuable to write from just a lot of different perspectives because you, you learn a lot in that process. Um, it really challenges the way that you, you know, would normally write because you have to kind of step into different shoes and it's, it can be very fun, though, because it's just how, you know, a kid might describe things with maybe more rose-tinted glasses or may may see things like, you know, the colossal mall, it's so big, you know. And yeah. I think that's what I learned is that um, it's it can be very nice to, you know, explore those different perspectives and just see where that takes you in your writing, you know. And just a common, like, recommendation what we did for our assignment of course was to write the same story basically from two different point of views and that was such an amazing uh, experience such an amazing exercise for my story it really added a richness to ping ping's side of the story that i did not expect but once i started writing it it just came out so naturally that it was like it was always there and it was always just ready to be written and i think it's a very invaluable uh, exercise anyone could do with you know, a chapter, a short story, anything like that. So yeah, I would say point of view, very important. And it's very uh, cool to just explore different ones. So what did you learn when you were writing the story? Um, I guess I learned that it's okay to take risks. So this was a story that like, normally I wouldn't write this type of story. Like in the sense, I, I, I try and stay away from controversial controversial things mm -hmm. so um especially things that are very special to me and are very special to a lot of people um so i i had to i had to learn like kind of how to fact check myself and make sure that what i was writing was accurate at least for the time and to make sure that i wasn't being disrespectful to people 
that may have had a different experience than yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. And so that was something that I've never really had to like, I've always kind of just fact checked smaller things like, um, can you, how much blood do you have to <laughs> lose before you die kind of thing? Yeah. Not really um, more of like, how long did people stay away from home during World War II? Right. Like what was common? Like what were their uniforms like? Um, what jobs existed then? Because it's a lot different than than it, it back then. Oh yeah. Than it was now. Mm-hmm. So it was like kind of a a jerk into like forcing me to like bring my writing to reality and learn how to write respectfully. I yes. guess. It's the best way to put that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I I think you've certainly done your due diligence, uh, definitely more so than Dan Brown. Uh, so if you don't know Dan Brown, he's the author of, uh, I believe it was the Tom Hanks movie, like Angels and Demons, Da Vinci Code, uh, all of those. They're kind of kind of schlocky. Sorry, Dan Brown, if you're ever listening to this. <laughs> And hearts for Dan Brown. (laughs) Yeah. We are at our final question, and this one is a little personal. So it's, what did you learn about yourself while you were writing this story? That, I guess, that it's okay for me to hate my writing. (laughs) That, like, it. I guess it's, like, something, like, I've always been very proud of my work, at least, like, for the most part. But I, I guess, like, how much I really care about something and when i'm passionate about something that if it's not perfect then i get very frustrated with it yeah and i i think that's kind of why i'm disliking the short story that i wrote so much Mm. not really that it's inherently bad it's that my brain doesn't like it because it's not perfect and i don't and i don't think like there's anything that's ever perfect in the world um but so that's something i kind of have to just I've realized it about myself and I just kind of have to sit with it and learn how to overcome it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's what I learned about myself. So what did you learn about yourself? Hopefully it's more peppy than mine. <laughs> right. What did I learn about myself while writing Ponson Ping Ping? You know, I think the main thing I learned is that I really miss the Philippines. I really want to visit the Philippines again. Um, Cause it has been like well over a decade at this point. And I, I remember a lot of bad memories, but a lot of good memories, too, from the Philippines. I kind of got just like a taste of what my mom's life would have been, you know, and I, I really say like the smallest taste. Like I experienced, you know, the no AC thing um, and kind of the small bed. Uh, yeah. I didn't have to like share a futon with anybody, but um, <laughs> there's actually going to be telling a, a bit of a funny story here, so when i was visiting um you know like 10 or whatever years ago uh, mm-hmm. i went to take a shower and i put my clothes on a laundry basket in the bathroom because there were no like there was it was a really weirdly shaped bathroom there was like a you know sink toilet but there were there was like no uh there was like really no counter space it was just kind of a floating sink if that makes sense and so I was yeah, like, yeah, so I, I just had to put my clothes on the laundry basket because I didn't want to put them on the floor. I didn't want to put them on the toilet. So I was just like, okay, I'll put him. Funny thing about the toilet, too, it says American Standard, which I thought was funny. Uh, but anyway, so I, uh, you know, take my shower. It's like, whatever. I finish, uh, put on my uh, put on my clothes. And then all of a sudden I start 
feeling this, this weird like burning sensation all over my body some bites right so i take off my clothes and uh oh my goodness there are ants crawling all over my body and then when i say all over my body i mean everywhere that your clothes would touch That is horrifying. Um, yes. So not every one of my memories from the Philippines is good, but there's a lot of good memories. Um, yeah. And I think that's, you know, just being able to re like reminisce about all of it and then look back on even like the things like that and laugh about it. Um, there was like the banana ketchup that I thought tasted kind of weird. Uh, the did you get to drink French Fanta? I did. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't really like it too much as, at the time. I probably would like it more now. Uh, I used to think like soda was like the devil's juice or something as a kid because oh my, my mom cautioned against me so much and I was deathly afraid of cavities. Uh, I didn't I didn't drink like soda really until middle school, um, which isn't actually that's not even really a bad thing. It's just I it's was just interesting. yeah I was very heli uh, helicoptered at that time. Uh, yeah, but I, I mean I just I learned that I really want to reconnect with my roots a lot. Um, I really want to you know, reconnect with that Filipino side of myself because, you know, spending so much time, I mean, I've, I've grown up, I've lived all my life in, in America, pretty much in Florida. And, you know, the, the amount of like Filipino that I'm exposed to is literally just whenever my mom is on the phone talking with a Filipino friends, or when I go to like, you know, an Asian oriental market. And even then there's kind of a sense of alienation. You know, I visited like Jollibee recently in Jacksonville, which is a Filipino chain, if you don't know. Filipino fast food chain and uh I um it was really nice like the food was actually really good it was some of the best fried chicken I've ever had like at a fast food place but I I just felt kind of like there was a veil between me and everyone like everyone in there was like Filipino it was like it just felt weird because I'm like I'm half Filipino you know I'm and I'm so detached from that you know that part of myself that culture it's like made me realize that I I really missed that part you know, of myself and I want to, you know, try and reconnect with it in the future. So yeah, I would, I would say that's what Ponso and Ping Ping kind of made me realize is that I want to get back into that part of myself and, you know, just, just rediscover the Pinoy in me. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that brings our interview and our podcast episode to a close. As always, thank you so much for listening to the Perspectives on the Short Story Podcast. Thank you so much for your time. I've been Michael. And I've been Tiffany. And we will catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>